My name is Jerome, and I'm a grateful alcoholic. Hey, everybody. What it was like. Uh, you know, I, um, I always start, you know, telling people what it was like, you know, when I was homeless. You know, and that was what really brought me, you know, into back into AA. You know, and um, there's something that I, I wanted to do. And it wasn't it wasn't forced upon me or nothing. You know, I um I loved it. You know, I I loved not being told what to do, what time, you know, not to go to bed, you know. It was something that I enjoyed. You know, I, I just wasn't ready, you know, and um I always state this about my mother, you know, me and my sisters, you know, we um we all Went out one night. It was the first time me and my four sisters were all together, and um, we all got got done. And in the morning, we're all eating breakfast with my my mom. And you know, my sisters um, asking her, you know, how come you don't get after us? You know, how come you don't, um, you know, tell us not to drink? And, you know, and my mom, she's been sober you know, over 20 years now, and um, she told us, you know, she goes, you know. It's going to be up to you. It's, it's, it's you that's going to make this decision. I, I can't get after you. You know, when you're ready, you'll know it. You know, it, it might, might not be, you know, today, might not be next week, next month, next year, five, ten years. But there's going to be a time in your life when you're going to be done with alcohol. You're not going to want it no more. You're not going to desire it no more. And, you know, I still remember her saying that to us, you know, and I've been in and out, you know, of AA, you know, institutions, you know, um, <clears throat> outpatients, you know, detox facilities most of my life. You know, I, um, I'll, when I ended up in Flag, I ended up leaving Las Vegas. I was sober in Vegas for a year, still wasn't ready. I went, I, I relapsed in Flagstaff. You know, and um, I got stuck there. You know, I had um, about $1,300 on my credit card, and I just drank. You know, I drank so much to where, you know, I, I ended up in the hospital. You know, they, they, they'd bring me down off of alcohol. I did that so many times, you know, and, and the cops got to know me really well. And after a while, it was like, you know, they go, oh, it's, it's, my street name is Windtalker. They call me Windtalker. That's my middle name. I've had it ever since I was, you know, a little kid. But um, they, they, they wouldn't take me to jail. They'd take me straight to um, the guidance center. You know, they, they knew where to take me, and the guidance center, they all knew me there very well. But um, that was my life, you know. You know, and... You know, I just enjoyed it. But going back a little farther, you know, growing up, um, I, I grew up, you know, in a very well-mannered house. You know, uh, my stepdad was from Ohio. You know, um, I raced dirt bikes. You know, I had two, two, two bikes. I had um, two CR Elsinore 250s, you know, and um, I grew up riding. My, um, my stepdad... Um, we had a business, Aggie Arts and Crafts, you know, in um, in Chingley. But um, my um, my parents would throw these 
really lavish parties for the silversmiths in the area. So they all get together. And um, what would happen is they'd have a big party to buy all these drinks and stuff. And, um, you know, I'd hear the noise all night, you know. And um, I'd get up the next morning really early, you know. And um, I'd see all these drinks still around, half full, you know, all different colors. And I was like, wow. So one day I, I took a drink of one. And that warm feeling of alcohol finally hit me. You know, they they say, um, they, they say, you um, Narcotics, anonymous, you know, it's kind of for a second. You know, they, they say that people go after that, that first high all the time and they never get it. That was my feeling with alcohol. You know, so I started doing that. After every party, I, I, I'd go around and I'd start um, drinking all these drinks. And then after a while, I'd start mixing them all in one big glass, going out and working on my bikes. You know, and my mom would come out, you know, how come you're not riding? You know, and I'd oh, you know, I'm working on my bike, you know, and... and my, my stepdad ca- caught on. You know, he always used to have a bottle of, um, you know, whiskey, Jack Daniels, in, in, the, in the fridge. He did um, leather craft work. He was really well known for his leather craft work and, you know, the business and everything. And we're doing really well, you know. And anyway, um, he always kept a bottle of Jack in the fridge. And one day, me and Carl, you know, Carl's like, hey, man, you know, see a shot. And I said, oh, man, my dad will find out, man. And we noticed that he marked it. You know, he marked it on a label of where, where it was. And anyway, you know, us guys, you know, being kids and stuff, you know, we um, decided we started taking shots. And we overdid it one day. So we filled it up with water back up. You know, and, um, you know, we, we got away with it the first, first two times. But, you know, next, next time we did it, my dad walked into my room and goes, Hey, son, you know, um, I know what you guys do with my Jack Daniels. Oh, no, no, man, I don't know what you're talking about. He pulled it out and goes, you know, when, when you fill Jack Daniels up with water, it seems, to, you know, it was, the water seems to evaporate on top. And you get all these bubbles, you know, evaporation bubbles in the bottle. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, yeah, and I, I had to admit that I, you know, that I, we were doing that. And he didn't get after me or nothing, you know. But you know what he said? He told me, he goes, you know, as long as you do it around the house, it's okay. Don't do it out, you know, out there, you know. And I, I said, oh, okay, you know. And but um, I'll fast forward a little bit. I, you know, I um, well, no, I, I like to put this part in. Um, when I was growing up, um, he um, our business was doing so well that he started a mobile home sales, and um, he taught me then how to operate a backhoe. At ten years old, I was already, you know, well known with a backhoe and. I learned how to put ABS together, sweat, you know, copper, you know, and I learned how to put, you know, double wide trailers together, jack them together, and, you know, do all the inside texture, you know, and all the tile work if we had to do tile work. You know, I, I, I learned at a young age, I thought that was fun. You know, I, I thought that was, you know, wow, this is cool. And he gave me my first check. He goes, you know, here. I go, what's this for? You, know, it's, you earned that, you know, last week. I said, no, I, I did that just for fun. I like doing that. And, you know, I learned the value of money real fast. You know, I, I learned how to, how to how to deal with it. You know, I opened up a bank account and stuff like that. But anyway, as time went on, I was the life of the party. I always had money. Everybody knew me. I always had that bankroll. So all the older people, I always hung out with the older generation. So they'd come by and I'd give them, you know, three or $400. I didn't know how much alcohol cost. 
they take off to Gallup and they just drop me off a bottle in the case of eight and things. You know, <clears throat> but anyway, all through high school, you know. But um, in 79, my stepdad was shot to death in, um, in our trailer. You know, he's, um, he was killed. We're all up in Pine Top on a vacation. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we got a knock on the door there in our cabin. You know, it was like, uh, our patrol and FBI. Anything happens on the Navajo Reservation, it's the FBI. But um, they showed up, and I was over here, my mom screaming, and, and you know, we all packed everything up and rushed back. But um, they, they couldn't find the guy, you know. Um, they, you know, they're investigating it, and um, I went after him, you know. I kind of figured, you know, I'll go through my own, my own investigation. But anyway, through the grapevine, I found out, you know, who it was. And I found him hiding out in his... Um, in his ba- on his attic, you know, and I called him out, and he came down, and I grabbed a baseball bat, and I wanted to kill him, you know, and I, um, I beat him pretty bad, you know, and I thought I did. I left, got my dirt bike, and took off. <clears throat> anyway, the FBI agent showed up, and, you know, I, um, I got arrested, you know, and, um, I was in jail, and my uncle was a district judge in the area, Homer Blue House, and, you know, he, um, he released me on my own reconnaissance because, you know, I, I can understand what you did. You know, I said, can you? Can you really understand what I did? You know, I said, I love this guy, man. I loved him in my heart. And he just took my whole life away from me, my family, you know. But anyway, uh, the guy did 10 years, and he's already out, you know, for murder, you know, they, um, they tried to charge me with attempted murder, but he, he, the guy survived. You know, and, uh, he did about three months in the hospital, and they took him straight, you know, did his court hearing while the prison. But that was one thing that hit my family really hard because um, we started losing everything. We lost the business. We lost all the trailers. We've seen everything go. I ended up selling my dirt bikes, selling all my tools. You know, all to my next-door neighbor, um, Leon Grant, you know, and... and his daughter ended up marrying um, Russell Means, the big old Ames activist back in South Dakota. But, you know, I, I started drinking heavily after that. You know, um, I, I like to put this in, but um, the reason why he said he killed him was because we, we had too much. But in between all this, I found out that he was also molesting my sister, my older sister. You know, and... This was all getting all tied in together, and I was like, wow, man, this is getting crazy. So I started drinking more. You know, I had full access to the, the, to the bootlegger, Juicy Lucy's in Chingley. You know, I'd go there for my uncle, Robert Draper. He's a famous artist, pastel watercolors. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd make runs for him on my bike. You know, it'd be like right now. I'd be riding through the wash, go get him a couple of bottles of Garden Deluxe or some cocaine white, you know, and I'd take it to him. And he just, you know, so I had access to the liquor pump to the bootlegger's house. But anyway, I started drinking, and um, I still kept up my sports in, in high school. You know, I, I wrestled. I boxed all through high school, you know, junior high, high school. You know, um, I played baseball. I got a full-ride full scholarship to um, U of A, 
you know, and during that um, time, um, I was so, so proud of myself, everybody in the whole Navajo Nation was, and um, we were make, uh, still partying after high school. Anyway, uh, about a month after, we were still drinking, and we decided to make a run to Holbrook. We were coming back, and my friend's mom's brand new Toyota Celica, man, you can still smell the brand new newness in it, and we're about, maybe about 50 miles out of Chinle, and we flipped that thing, flipped it like five times. You know, everybody that we impacted on, they were all hurt pretty bad. You know, shoot wounds, broken necks. All because of alcohol. I walked away with just this scratch right here, this um, cut. And it was my throwing arm. Out of everything, my whole body and everything, that was what I got. You know, I'm left-handed. You know, and there was my scholarship. You know, didn't teach me nothing. I started. I kept drinking. Anyway, um, my dad told me one time we were having that father-son talk, drink a six-pack together, you know. And you know, he gave me a beer, and he goes, right, "This is what father." You know, I popped it open and slammed it in front of him. He's like, "Wow, oh. that's pretty good." I have another one, you know. And in between, that, he was telling me, "Man, he's like, you know, son, uh, I don't want you to take this person, no, person, you're wrong." But I want you to move off the reservation when you get older. I want you to move on. I don't want you to be stuck here like, you know, your uncles. You know, this is all they got. They got, you know, one's working at the school. You know, they're going to be doing that. One's working at plant management. That's all they're going to do all their life. They're never going to think outside the box. You know, they're not going to think outside this reservation. That's all they're going to do. You know, there's a big world out there. Go explore it. So I took them up on that. You know, I... I went to work in um, Albuquerque, and I, I got one of the biggest contractors for the Maloofs. I didn't know who they were at the time. Joe, Gavin, John, Mrs. Maloof. You know, I did the Classic Hotel, Seven First National Banks. And, you know, I did all, all their houses. You know, I didn't know who they were at the time. I just, I just did a good job, and they leave me a 12-pack of course Light outside, you know, in their, in their patio. You know, so... You know, I still had access to booze for free. You know, I had a refrigerator in my trailer, one for food and the other one for beer. You know, I had beer on the side. I ended up giving half this beer away. I lived right behind a liquor store, big liquor. I'd go there, you know, at, at times to go work. You know, I had nothing to do, so they called me in, and I'd pack beer out for these people, you know. That was my life growing up, you know, and ended up leaving that job, and I moved to Lake Havasu work for McCulloch, same thing, you know, work on the assembly line. Break time, we take off. At lunch, we take off straight to the liquor store, slam two, two um, 40s and head back to work. Like nothing, man. End up the day, party at, you know, the lake, the river, on weekends. Never had a desire to quit, man. Never knew that this stuff was tearing me up inside. You know, as time went on, you know, I started getting better jobs, you know, and I, um, fast forward a little bit, I ended up in Farmington, you know, and, um, well, no, let me backtrack again. I, I did have a break of, um, 12 years in Montana, in Denver. I met my wife in Denver and, um, you know, I, I was, I wasn't drinking, I was more, you know, relaxed with my beer drinking then. I was pretty much, you know handling everything right. You know, I had a house in Lakewood, you know, and I was driving nice cars. 
And um, I met my wife. I ended up moving to Montana. And I lived there for 12 years. Um, I worked for a bridge company out of Santa Ana, California, Macrozy Tech. And, you know, I pretty much ran the show for them for the last two years. You know, the last four years, I was a pickup man for them. And that's what I did. So I supported my family in Montana. And also, you know, I... Um, in depth, I didn't lose my family because of alcohol. I, I lost it because my, I was gone so much, you know, on the road, back and forth, and all over that I, um, my wife found somebody else. And that even took me deeper into drinking. I mean, I just couldn't stop, man. I was going full bore then. So I left Montana, and <clears throat> I, I, I drank all the way down. You know, my friends all the way back down, and I, I ended up in... Um, Farmington, you know, where um, I worked on wellheads for a little while, but um, I, I picked up a job with um, um, 4 and 4. It's a pipeline company. And I was there the first two weeks, and the, guy, and the owner came out to me. He goes, who's this Jerome Cullison guy? I want to I meet him. And he, he saw me, and he took me in the back. He goes, all right. I've seen you here all week, every morning, rain, snow, shine, and they send you home. He goes, I'm looking at your resume. It's just outstanding. Because um, we're, we're not, we're looking for a safety officer. You know, because he can handle that. I said, you know what? Just send me the training. What do you have to do? I can handle it. I was so desperate at the time, and he was all right. So they sent me to, you know, forty hours of, you know, safety officer. And it was, it wasn't very hard. I took a test, passed it, you know, and became a safety officer. They threw everything at me, man. They threw me a new truck, you know, gas card company card. I mean, I was like, wow. I, my drinking still persisted, you know. I got a job in, um, in Utah, Monticello. Anyway, um, they didn't serve liquor, liquor at, at stores like they do, you know, anywhere else, you know. It's all three beer. So I had to pack in from Cortez. You know, and <laughs> I'd even drank in the morning for it when I was at work, man. After I gave all my drug tests and everything, you know, I'd pop open the bottle and I'd be driving the right away, man. It's like, wow, you know, what, what happens if something happens? I start thinking ahead, you know, and there's times when I'd go back to the motel room, you know, and pass out for a couple hours. No one, I'd leave my, you know, my radio on, and, you know, and I'd, I'd pass out like, damn, I wonder if anybody called me. And I'd get up and I'd take off. But I snapped, man. I was like, wow, I got to stop this, you know. I was making really good money. I was making, um, you know, 1200 a week, you know. And, and I found out, you know, going deep in the company history that, you know, I was just their scapegoat. You know, if anything really happened, you know, they were going to use me as a scapegoat. So I got out of that, you know, and I jumped in um, as a, I walked onto an oil rig you know, up in Four Corners, it's natural gas. And I loved that job, man. That was that was my dream job. That was a job I wanted to retire. You know, it's just like making coffee, man. You know, a guy told me, he goes, if you know how to make coffee, you can you can you can you can last out there. And that's all it was, you know, tripping in, tripping out, you know, changing a bit, tripping back in again. You know, I did everything. I was a mud man, you know, I was a worm you know, I started out as a worm and Worked my way up to Derrick's and back down. You know, I did everything. I loved that job. It's always something to do. You know, 
seven twelves, seven off, you know. And, and um, I um, I blew up my um, my um, my stomach. Um, I got um, <clears throat> ulcers, I guess, or something. Not ulcers. Um, I can't even think right now. My brain lock. Anyway, um, gallstones. My gallbladder. They took me in. They rushed me in, and <clears throat> they took out my um, gallbladder. I said, just take it all out, man. I, you know, I don't want to go with this laser stuff. Just take it out. So they did, and um, I made a mistake of going back on the rig two weeks after surgery. And my um, driller's like, you know, wind talk, are you 100%? But, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, man. I've been lifting weights and everything. I'm going to the gym, and he was watching me. I was pulling pipe on the table one time, and, you know, I was like on my fourth pipe, and, man, that pain just about put me down. My partner's like, hey, you all right, man? I go, I go yeah, I'm all right, man. So I started again. You know, three pipes later, boom, again, it hits, it hits me, and I kind of go to one knee, and all this time my driller's watching me. You know, he's like, man, you know, we got to do something here. But um, I still drank, man. I, I drank through that whole time. But um, it was taking me down. You know, all these good jobs, good paying jobs, you know, I was, I was losing them because I, I, I kept my drinking up. You know, I think the 12 years that I was sober kind of saved me. Or I'd probably have um, cirrhosis by now. You know, I ran for Nike when I was doing that. You know, I ran in Portland, Ohio, you know. and So it kept me healthy. But um, as time went on, you know, I, I ended up, when the de- depression hit, when everything went under, I went under with it. I, I left the rigs. I started drinking heavily. I ended up in the streets in Farmington. And I never recovered. You know, I drank, I switched to vodka. You know, I, I, I drank in Farmington. I drank wherever I went. I ended up in Vegas. I drank in Vegas and had a spiritual awakening there, I guess you'd call it, and ended up in detox, and I went to a Christian place up there. And um, they did everything the Christian way, um, the steps and everything. And I stayed sober for a year. You know, I graduated the program. You know, I, I worked for a, um, an RV place, Apollo RV out of Australia. They fly all these clients in from Australia, and we cater them in Vegas, give them an RV, and they take off. When they came back, I, I fixed it up. Whatever was wrong with that RV, I fixed. But um, when I got to um, Flagstaff, they, they told me to take a van to Flagstaff drop it off with some clients, switch, switch, switch with them, and I'll bring that other van back. So I had like a week's layover there. Um, the transmission was on freight from back east. and I, was, I didn't go to no meetings. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Should have been to meetings. I knew where the meetings were at. I didn't do that. What happened, I ended up relapsing. You know, I was... I, I just... Let everything go. I called the company up and said, hey, man, have somebody else come down, pick up this van, I'm done. You know, fire me, do whatever you want. But, like I said, I end up homeless in Flagstaff. But um, it was one cold night. I was walking. I used to walk, you know, up and down, sweatshirt Canyon Drive and everywhere, just stay warm. Um, but I used to stop by this motel and pick up 
old tablecloths that they used to have laid out. And I'd pick them up and I'd sleep in them. You know, I, I had this little spot. You know, um, if I couldn't make it back to my camp on the hill, I'd go to this little spot, a little bus stop. And I, that's all I'd have is those tablecloths and I'd sleep. And one night I was laying there, man, I was like, man. You know, I, I, was, I didn't know if I was shaking from the cold or from, you know, my shakes. But, man, I was just, I wanted everything just to stop, man. You know, so I had a bottle with me. I was sipping on it. I'd go hide it because if the cops did run up on me, that's the first thing you do is look for the bottle. You know, and anyway, it was, it was cloudy, and I, I, I saw the stars, and I saw the, saw the moon. You know, and I said, God, man, it has to be a better life than this, and I know it's out there. You know, lead me the way, man, I'm done. That moment, man, it's like clarity, man, hit me. My mom came back in my view again when she told me that moment will come. That moment was there. So um, next morning I walked up and I started panhandling from there because I was scared that they wouldn't let me in the detox, but, you know, because you got to blow numbers. So I panhandled. I made enough for a 24 and a, and a half, uh, half pint. You know, I sat at uh, Walmart right there below the detox center. And I slammed both of them and I went up in there. You know, and um, they go, oh, you're back again? How long do you stay this time? Because people get there, they'll leave right the next day, you know. And, and when I'm in there, I, I have access to alcohol when I'm in there. My friends come in, they sneak in bottles and stuff. And, you know, but this time I was done, man. I got there, I said, hey, I, I've had it, man. And I went there and go sit down and watch TV. There's no TV. And I was like, hey, what's up, man? You know, why ain't there TV? And they go, we're, under, we're doing new things now because we don't think... Keeping you here a week, seven days is doing it, you know. We're keeping, there's a new policy where, you know, if you want, you can stay a week, but if you want, you can stay more than a month. And I said, wow. You know, so I made myself at home there. You know, I started, you know, reading the big book, start going to, I started going to IOP, you know, I started doing these things then. And um, as time went on, you know, um, my time came up. You know, I go, you know, you got to leave, man. You know, we, we, we can send you to, um, you know, this other place. You know, it's a, it's a boy's place. You know, you can go there. and It's a men's shelter. And I was like, oh, no, man. I need something better. I was desperate, man. They go, oh, we got to kick you out. So I, I went back to the shelter. But in between that time, I was, one of the counselors came up and goes, hey, Jerome, man, somebody's looking out for you. I go, why? Because this place just opened up. And it was up here at the Gila River. You know, it was um, the Wajiki Healing House. You know, they threw me the papers and goes, here, if, if you want, you can do it. And you'll get all, you get everything you need right here to um, you know, get you in the door. So I started, I said, okay. So I started doing my um, physicals and everything. And, you know, I took my blood tests. And that's the first time that... I had a time limit, like God put a time limit on my life. You know, they, they said that I um I had um oh man, what do you call it? I can't even think. It's what brain locked again. Um not T V but um I had a, another Yeah, hip hip C. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, they told me I had hip C. I was like, Wow, there's no I don't I don't I don't shoot drugs. 
You know, I said, well, you can get it other way. I said, well, you got to make sure. So they tested me again. Go, yep, it's there. And so I started doing homework on my on Hipsy, man. I started picking everything up and, you know, trying to pick up, you know, where I got it and everything. And I couldn't remember anything about using a needle unless I went to the hospital. But anyway, I did everything, and they, um, they, I was in, um, the, I was in the shelter for about two months, and that was tough. Everybody that come up, came, I hung out with the streets would come in, you know, they'd hide their bottle like I used to, you know, say, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go and talk here. I said, oh, man, you guys go ahead. I still get food stamps, so I'd, I'd eat at Domino's up there, they accept food stamps, and, you know, I'd, I'd get food, I'd go shopping and throw it all in my locker. You know, and I tell everybody, no, go ahead, man. I'm, I'm all right. I, I quit, man. I'm done. You know, and that, that feeling of, you know, being done, you're done, man. You know, you don't want no desire to go back out there again. But um, they called me from um, the guidance center and said, hey, um, someone's looking out for you because if you want, you can go on your birthday, November 13th, November 14th. Instead of December, I said, yeah. So I went a day after my birthday. They got me a bus ticket, and I came up here. You know, I got off the bus, and I was trying to get to Wajiki, and I couldn't, man. I was like, damn. You know, I tried calling them. The lines were busy. I tried calling them, you know, and nothing, man. So I walk out across the bus, the Greyhound bus depot, and I, I'm waiting there for the bus, and I'm counting my change. And this guy gets off the bus, Mexican dude, and he walks by and goes, you know, sits down, have my bags with me, and goes, What's up, dude? And we start talking. And he goes, here, man. He gives me a all-day pass. This might help me get there. So I, I catch the bus, you know, as far as it goes, and I start walking. I don't walk. I don't walk there. I didn't know it was, like, still 50 more miles, man. <laughs> you know, so I'm walking, man, and um, this black guy's coming up, you know, on his phone. And he, he goes, how do you bring that up? He goes, you know, you got, like, 50 miles to go, dude. But I, he goes, I, I, if you want, you backtrack with me, and I'll, I'll get you to where you need to go. I the bus that goes straight to the casino out there. I said, all right. So we did, and he bought me lunch and, you know, got me to the bus stop, and these ladies were all loud and everything, and, I, and they go, hey, we're going to the casino, just, you know, because I was talking to them, and he goes, just follow us, just go with us, catch the bus, and got out there, and I caught a taxi, and, and the taxi cab only took me, like, you know, three-quarters away and brought me back, said, hey, there's nothing out there. And I was like, damn, so I called them, and they'd come pick me up, and, I did three months out there, you know, three months, you know, inpatient, and man, it was state has a nice facility out there, man, you know, and, and I was there, and um, they um, they also have another program you can stay another six more months in the back, you know, they, they, you can go out and get a job, you know, and start looking, and you know, you go to AA meetings, you got to go to AA meetings, you know, and. But I started doing that, and um, as time went on, you know, I, I, was, I, um, I did a couple, um, you know, shopping centers. I landscaped a couple, of and I, I finished up with the you know, Vaquiva. I did all the rock on, on, on the signs, put all the signs up and everything. You know, I ended up buying a, a Honda Civic to get me back and forth to work. You know, the thing about this is I've done this before, so it's, it's a lot easier, man. Just, you know, everything just started coming to me, you know. And, and um, as time went on, you know, I um, I left there, and um, I got a place. I got a place in Phoenix. Um, it's a nice little place. I'm still there. You know, I, I pay 500 a month, 
it has everything. I got water, gas, you know, the internet, you know, direct TV, you know, you name it, I got it. You know, barbecue, I got everything. 500, and um, I end up trading him in my Honda Civic, trading the guy from Honda Civic for a um, Lincoln Continental. You know, I call it my part-time car because the owner who had it before just didn't take care of it, so I'm fixing everything as I go. Uh, I just threw a rebuilt transmission in it right now. I mean, the guy rebuilt it for me. But as, um, you know, I started a job, you know, in this nursery because I came to a conclusion that every time I went out and got good money, I always relapsed. You know, I was always on that downside of relapsing. So this time I said, well, I'm going to take it slow. They say, always take it slow. So I got a job at a nursery, and the first thing I said, how much do you pay? And he goes, well, we don't pay very much. I said, well, that's what I want right there. I'm your candidate. How much is not very much? He goes, we pay nine. I said, that's fine. He looked at me and was like, are you serious? I go, yeah, that's fine. I'll tell you, you know, what you need to know later. But, you know, fill out the app, gave it to him. And um, he called me on Labor Day. And um, I've been there ever since. You know, I've been there a year now. You know, I've been... Um, it's really weird because in, in September, you know, it's my job and it's my birthday. You know, I, I've been sober two years now, you know, with the grace of God. You know, and when I tell people, you know, when I speak, I always tell them, you know, there's, you're either going to do this or you're not. Everything in between, we've done before. We've done it. We've been there. You know, it's all BS, you know, everything in between. So it comes down to a conclusion that you're either going to do this or you're not. You know, and I'm I'm the one over here where I'm doing it. There's no excuses. You know, I, I hit all my appointments. You know, I picked up, you know, as they say, you pick up another addiction when you leave one, and I did. I picked up golf. That's an addiction right there. You know, we, um, we went out and played um, in Las Vegas a couple weeks ago. You know, we played the same course that where Tiger Woods won his first championship. Played twice, you know. I, we played all the golf courses in, you know, below South Mountain. Some We played some up in um, up by Sun City. You know, um, we're going to, you know, Dallas. We're going to St. Louis to go play some courses up there. You know, God's good, man. You stay in this, you stay in sobriety long enough, all this comes to you. I'm still waiting for that miracle. I don't know how long that's going to take, but as, as it goes on, I keep getting blessed by God. You know, I never was a God freak. I never allowed him in my life. And it was always a failure. I never did it without him, man. I mean, I did it without him so long, and I finally said, okay, God, I'm yours. I'm surrendering to you, man. Just do what you have to do to me to make this right. So this time I have God with me and everything seems to be falling into place for me. You know, it's just getting better. It's getting better. I get up, you know. No excuses in the morning anymore. I get up, you know, and get ready. I'm, I'm you know, I'm programmed to do this all week. I get three meetings a week. Three meetings I hit. I, I, I preach on too much AA sometimes. You know, I only... Three meetings a week does it for me. 
know, Dave comes by, he goes, hey, you want to go to a meeting? If I don't feel like it, I don't. But most of the time I go, yeah, let's go, man. You know, I'll go to two other meetings. They say you, you never have too much AA, and that's true. It's always there, man. But my life's great, man. You know, I want to trade, trade this for the world. You know, my most fear, they say, what's your most, what, what fears you the most? And my most fear is when somebody puts a time limit on your life. And that's what happened to me with TB, um, not TB, with um, hip, hepatitis C. When the doctor told me that I had hepatitis C, it freaked me out. Somebody put a time limit on my life, like cirrhosis. Cirrhosis puts a time limit on your life. Diseases put a time limit on your life. That scares me the most. But when I got up here, I, I went, they gave you another physical. And what happened was, is it didn't show up. The doctor goes, I don't see no hip C here. I said, man, you got to do this again. Well, come back in a week. We'll go through the tests again. So I went back again. Tested me again. Came back negative. I said, no, man, they said that. They go, it's right here in Flagstaff. You had it. I don't know what happened, but you don't have it now. And I was like, damn, that's God. You know, but that's my most fear right there, people tell me. And what's your greatest fear is that's when God puts a time limit. If somebody puts a time limit on your life, and drinking eventually would have done that. Or eventually would have got cirrhosis, or eventually doctor goes, you only got this much time to live, Jerome. How are you going to live it out? You know, I can't think of how I'm going to live it out. You know, but now I don't have to worry about that. I'm done. You know, I, I went to a party um, over the weekend for a friend, you know, and I didn't belong there. I stayed, ate carne asada, and I was gone. Sang karaoke song, and I was gone. You know, I said, you know, I don't belong here, guys. You know, I got to go. They all understood. Yeah, all right. You know, they kept bringing me root beer, root beer all evening, you know. But um, that's me now. I have no desire to drink. You know, I'm sober today. These 24 hours, I'm sober. You know, I meditate at night. You know, right before I put my, my, my head down to bed, that's when I meditate. When I turn that TV off, that's the quietest time I have because my, my body is telling me that I'm going to bed after I meditate. And nothing's going to bother me until the morning. You know, <clears throat> but my life's great now. You know, I'm going to be with this job until the end of the year, and I'm already searching for another one. Because I, I, know, I know how to live off $9 an hour very well, let me tell you. You know, it's something that I had to teach myself again. You know, all because of my dad, Tom. He taught me the value of money at a young age, and he taught me. They don't teach you that in high school. They don't teach you that, you know, anywhere in school when you're growing up. It's like, hey, man, you know, let's graduate. Let's have fun while we're doing it. And that's what young life is about. I got three kids. Well, a fourth one just came back to my life again. But I got three kids grown up, all, all went to college. Two of them went on running scholarships, which I trained both of them. You know, when I was running for Nike, you know, I, they ran with me. And I took them all over with me. But um, they both graduated college. My middle one went to a community college. And I, 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 um, I paid for her college through my... Um, Working on the oil fields, I mean, on, on the gas rigs. But 
you know, I won't trade my life right now for anything, like I keep saying, but, but that's, I'm starting to repeat myself, so I think that's about it. I think, is that enough time? <laughs> okay, good. Thanks, you guys. Yeah.